Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. This show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and indeed for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today is Chris Coleman-Brown, CEO of Curiosity. Chris, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Great to be here, Carol. Thank you for having me. Um, tell me about Curiosity. Yeah, so we we are a, a technology business. Um, we provide tech solutions in um, real estate, predominantly commercial real estate. Um, and we effectively deliver what we see as tech-led customer experience. So any process, um, any interaction between people in the built environment, we see there's a role for Curiosity to play to help our clients deliver that and make that as seamless as possible. Uh, what 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 drove you to found Curiosity? Did you come from the tech or real estate background or, or neither? Yeah, no, real estate background. Um, but I started outside of real estate. So um, my my first jobs were actually in the fashion industry and automotive industry. So that's where I learned my craft around customer um, and then fell into real estate. So we actually had a motor show concept at Canary Wharf in London and then with Brookfield Properties in the US, um, in New York, LA and Toronto. Um, and that's where I got the bug for real estate because we were turning up at these commercial districts, um, delivering great events and just realized there's captive audiences there of very time poor, discernible customers. Um, so that span into my real estate career. So um, 10 years at JLL um, as part of founding, helping set up their marketing and commercialization teams um, within destinations then moved across and spent some time at British Land. And then my last kind of proper job um, before doing this on the corporate side was Head of Estates Europe at Lendlease. So through all those roles, I was very focused on place strategy and how places needed to work for customers. And I just got to a point where I was became increasingly dissatisfied with tech and the tech choices that were out there. Um, you know, going back to that automotive piece, you know, I turned up in real estate and we were doing what we've been doing in the automotive industries 20 years ago of let's capture an email address, let's send out a newsletter, let's hope that that gives some connection. Um, and it didn't really work for me. So we said, look, what is the if there's a different way? Um, and the biggest driver was the evolution of smartphone capabilities. So um, by the time we got to 2018, the iPhone and Android devices were in a place where they could do so much more than just take calls, take some pictures. Um, you realize that actually that was the key to unlocking customer experience in places um, and how we could have a unique relationship with every single individual customer. Um, so that was the catalyst. And uh, yeah, that's that's such an interesting journey. I'm always fascinated um, to chat to people about how they got into their careers. And I think it's really interesting because uh, both fashion and auto automotive they they don't seem like natural uh bedfellows there at all but then to lead into real estate but i think what's what maybe fashion and the automotive industry have in common that real estate didn't was that focus on the consumer um while we always you know for decades we've we've said that real estate is a people business and that is true of course um the processes don't reflect that you know how we did business didn't reflect that you know either for residential or commercial um and in fact what we see is a lot of the technology that's come forth you know whether we put it kind of in the box of prop tech or otherwise a lot of the technology 
was focused on driving efficiencies and achieving something for the agents or achieving something for the industry as opposed to actually improving their their customer journey. I I think UX has been kind of the the last uh, area of of real estate to be focused on. So actually, it's probably not a coincidence that that was your focus coming from fashion and automotive, while it mightn't seem like an obvious crossover. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me is relevance, right? So whether it's whether it's a fashion product, whether it's an automotive product or whether it's the built environment, you know, how does this product become relevant and actually stay relevant for the customers it serves? And I think we as an industry, as a real estate industry, we've had this misconception of customer for quite a while. We've not actually appropriated enough focus on what the different customer profiles mean. So when we talk about commercial real estate, we've obviously got customers who want to make sure that their space runs, it functions, it delivers everything it should for the occupier brand. And for too long, we forgot about the people that actually make up the community of a place. Um, so if you've got a commercial asset that's got 3,000 people in it um, and they call that their place of work or it's a mixed use estate where you're then combining residential requirements with commercial requirements and then public realm requirements as well. These are different customer profiles and a one size fits all piece doesn't work. Um, and I think exactly as you've described, thankfully now the industry has, has woken up and gone actually, yeah, what is the requirements we have from a back of house? kind of function and then from a front of house function how do we make these places really captivating and relevant for people and and never is that more important than now when we're dealing with this hybrid um, approach to work and and also to life as well so so yeah that that relevance is something that I think is what keeps us honest in terms of what should we be building from a technology play and also keeping our our solutions relevant for customers and I think for prop tech that's the that's the space we're now going into, which is really interesting um, in terms of what is what is critical, what is relevant, um, and where actually are there things that are almost superfluous to the requirements. So it's really interesting time. Um, I, I think it's really powerful and compelling that you've brought this back to play strategy, because actually I think that's something that real estate has not typically done well, again, whether we're talking about residential or commercial, you know, where developers... Um, developers obviously have a focus on public realm and that's uh, that has in the past been the extent of the place strategy whereas actually we know every every commercial occupier to come into an area every retailer every um you know everybody that's going to rent an apartment over uh, a commercial building anybody that's going to move into um you know an, an area that has been i don't use the word gentrified but um yep. you know that has that has changed in, in recent decades, they will all have had this experience. And unfortunately, unless you're the developer of, of, a, of a large scheme, individual portfolio owners, I'm not sure if they were really cognizant of place strategy and, and their responsibility within it. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting space that you automatically have put yourself into because so uh, is that you bringing your clients or is that your clients leading this? I, I think it's both. You know, it's it's a collaboration. Um, I've been very lucky in my career through before doing this, um, working on some amazing assets with amazing teams. So I think about places like White City Place in, in West London, um, you know, the whole concept of urban regeneration that was very central to what we were doing at Lendlease um, and how 
crucially and it and it, it's about moments in time you know i think you're absolutely right there was a there was a large swathe of time where um developers and and the industry weren't really being held accountable for delivering places that worked in terms of does this resonate with the local community are we making sure we're creating inclusive neighborhoods are we creating places that people want to be a part of um and we're seeing that now you know in this play where you know everyone's connectivity is so good at home now we've all adjusted to being able to work remotely um so you've now got this real moment where it's about the, the places that are going to succeed now are the places that are able to stay relevant um, for people. Um, and that crosses every single asset class now. That's, you know, it's fascinating now. I never thought that we'd be doing stuff in the industrial sector uh, with what we do. I, I assumed we would be pure play, commercial, mixed use assets. Um, but when you think about it, it goes back to that kind of original precept of actually it's about how a place make someone feel and what that place enables people to do. So if you pull out from there and you think about how all asset classes are going through transformation, um, there's a role that we can inhabit. But but that collaboration is key. You know, you're only we're only as good as our client. Um, and then it's for our client to challenge us to come to them with solutions. Um, and I think a big part of our success and what we do is we have never pretended to be a silver bullet solution. Um, we see ourselves in a really interesting place, actually, as the industry evolves, of helping to aggregate a lot of solutions that are out there so that you deliver this seamless customer experience. So um, we're in this really fascinating piece around what do we need to build natively and what do we want to control? And then actually, who are the partners and providers we should collaborate with to deliver the place experience that an asset needs? So, you know, we've got some great um, partnerships and we've got some great collaborators ranging across all kinds of different areas. So from access control systems and hardware um, configurations at base building technology level through building management systems, energy monitoring systems, going out to sensor provisions, you know, car parking management. There's a, there's a whole raft of suppliers that we call upon in terms of configuring a tech solution um, for a place. And critically, you know, our brand, the Curiosity brand, is a pure B2B brand. So we don't feature anywhere. Um, it's all about the destination brand. Um, it's all about their brand narrative. It's all about their color palettes. So it's effectively bringing that, that place brand to life and connecting people in a way that's never really been done before. Um, you know, we've seen now with, with COVID and that as a result of the pandemic, people really pushing towards contactless access and, and all the kind of things that flow from what does a post-pandemic environment need. But, you know, we were doing, we were doing, you know, get rid of plastic passes, use the smartphone, create the relationship with the end user customer back in 2018, 2019. And, um, you know, in a way that that growth we've seen over the intervening years has been propelled by the industry really playing kind of catch up in terms of, okay, in order for us to stay relevant in 2023 and to 2030, what does a place need to do for its customers? Um, so it's exciting times. It's exciting it, is, times. it is exciting, and you know, I, I love the sense. I, I love the different perspectives because when we speak to maybe agents who are in the retail sector, and you know, are those maybe that are that are trying to battle through some of the planning challenges that we have here in Ireland, and, and I know they're not unique to Ireland at all. 
it's really interesting because now they consider this to be quite a, a confusing time. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market, whereas actually when we speak to particularly founders, um, you know, you describe it as a moment in time. It's an opportunity. It's exciting. So it's really interesting that the same market dynamics present such different perspectives, um, you know, depending on where you're coming from. So I think that's really interesting, but it's refreshing to hear you talk about or to describe yourself as an aggregator, because one of the challenges we've seen across innovation, particularly in this space over the last number of years, is everybody thinking their solution is the most important. Everybody yep. thinking theirs is the only one that's going to work. Whereas actually, we have some great innovation out there. And not only that, but actually most portfolio owners at this stage, they're on their digital transformation journey. They're along. They're they're along the way. They don't want to start from scratch. They don't believe one solution is going to fix all anyway. It is about integrations. And I mean, integrations being absolutely key, you need somebody to drive that. And that's where the aggregators come in. So tell me a little bit about the clients that you're meeting. Like, where are they in terms of, I, and I appreciate there's probably a scale, but tell me kind of maybe about the, the typical clients that you're meeting. Like, where are they on their journey and what does aggregation of technology look like in 2023? I think it's it's fascinating because every, everyone is, as, as we are as human beings, everyone's unique in terms of where they are. So, um, you know, we've got at one end of the scale, we're dealing with clients who are very, very early, you know, way pre-planning in terms of thinking about master plan um, and actually talking to them about digital experience design in terms of actually let's fast forward to you've gone through all the reba processes you've actually delivered this place how is this place going to work for day one um, for your customers and then where do you see this place evolving to 10 years after that so that's that's a really interesting conversation to have we've then got other assets at the other end of the kind of value chain where they're going through and it's time to either do um, refurbishment or it's time to do wholesale redevelopment of, of places. Um, and there it's about actually coordination of the different stakeholders and thinking about how technology can play a role in tracking this through and bringing, bringing this to life. So um, wherever an asset is on its life cycle, you know, be that you know, early stage development right the way through to redevelopment, you know, passing through the traditional leasing cycles, um, passing through different ownership structures. Um, we see there's a role for technology to play. And I think your point is exactly right. Um, as founders, it's funny to, you know, listen to different speakers and sit on panels with different people. And you kind of hear this notion that we're this evangelist of, you know, it's all, this is all new and it's all fresh. And it's like, well, no, guys, we, this is, this is real estate. Real estate as an industry has properly been evolving for the last 250, 300 years, you know, but it's been going on for tens of thousands of years, right? So this is just this moment in time. And we see it's about that collaboration. Um, it's about seeing how can technology improve process, bring um, businesses closer to their customers, because um, that's the secret. If you can get close to your customer and understand your customer more and better, that's where strength and power really goes. And, and that, that idea and that notion of keeping a place relevant, you can only do that if you really understand your customers' desires and needs and wants. So, so yeah. yeah. I know, and I look, uh, that's a great point, but I suppose we have to acknowledge that real estate has been something of a laggard in terms of embracing technology. And I would suggest in terms of embracing the need for really great 
uh, user experience of its product. So can you maybe just to, to put this in very real terms for our listeners, can you talk us through maybe one of the projects that you've been involved with and, and, and show us what it looks like when you improve the experience for consumers? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, if I use an experience of um, one of our assets in the city, one of our earliest assets was Angel Court. Um, so that is a was a redevelopment by Mitsui Fudasan. Um, and um, they were the investor client and Stanhope were the developer. So big refurbishment project, um, really at the heart of everything that's being done now in terms of that um, retain carbon strategy and, and making sure that you deliver a product that is right for today's market. Um, when that building PC'd, it actually PC'd in a very traditional format in terms of how visitor management was being delivered and delivery management. So you had a plethora of different solutions, technology systems, none of which were integrated. Um, so you might have a some works being done for an occupier on a, one of the floors. A permit had to be raised on this system. Deliveries had to be booked on this system. The whole thing was very antiquated. So we came in and we said to them, look, what we can do is we'll get the 3,000 people in that building, stop them using plastic passes. So they use their smartphone as their pass. We'll deliver this great user experience from a front end perspective. So linking into amenities and it's a great building. It's got on the seventh floor, it's got an occupier lounge. It's got a roof garden terrace. It's got meeting rooms. So, you know, absolutely one of the four forerunners of what great assets look like in the commercial space today, very amenity rich. Um, but then we also looked at the back of house function as well. So all of the visitor management, delivery management, help desk management, um, thinking about how that comes together. And what that changed pretty much overnight was an understanding for the investor and for the developer and the managing agent in terms of, okay, what are the pain points our customers have and how can we actually get closer to them? So it's all geared around really raising that occupier experience. That, that asset went live with us back in uh, end of 2019, early 2020. So we're three years into the relationship and it's now starting to go through its next iteration in terms of internal refurbishment, making sure that it stays relevant as I mentioned before. So we're guiding and supporting the client with those changes as well. And I think it's that ability to gain access to critical insight in terms of how many people are coming through my building, what are the permits? What are the help desk issues that are being raised? So you can nullify all the pain points and then you can stay really close to those customers in terms of, OK, as you start to enter the next phase of leasing cycles, what is it that this building needs to now offer in order for it to retain um, the occupiers it can retain and then also be as attractive as possible for future occupiers? Um, so it's a very, very exciting time because never before have our clients and, and their agency teams had such access to insights around how places are performing. And I think that's the really exciting piece. And um, I, I agree that insights are a great place to start, but only if they're actioned, only if we're actually using them. You know, we're not working off old assumptions. We're not just doing what we've always done, actually, because certainly in the early years um, through PropTech Ireland, we saw a lot of uh, data gathering. And um, mm. so there was a lot of, information i wouldn't say insights but there was a lot of information and then even when they were kind of polished into insights i wouldn't suggest that they were used as well as they might have been there was still there was still that that gap uh between what we what we knew we should do and what was actually being done and um, but i think 
COVID certainly has closed that gap a lot. Can you talk to me maybe about the impact that COVID has had um, or, or what trends you're seeing post-COVID? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really interesting point you make because you're right. There was a time where we were just swimming in data, right? There was <laughs> We were just drowning in it. And I think for a lot of companies, they have had to pivot. And a lot of prop tech companies are going, it's not good enough to provide just a tech solution. What you need to do is actually take that information and present it to clients in a way that they can digest it and they can deliver action plans against it as well. So that bandwidth is something that's changed. I think with COVID and the, the post-pandemic environment that we've been in, again, I go back to that point of relevance. I think um, there's some interesting debate around there at the moment of you know, which assets are going to be relevant in five years' time and which are not. Um, and I think what we've seen is just this opening up of um, the choice that people have in terms of where they work and how they work. You know, There was this notion that, um, certainly from a London perspective, that the busiest days were gonna be Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You then actually start going deeper into those working patterns and you see that people might come in on a Tuesday morning, bang out four hours of meetings, get what they need, and then go and do all of their administrative functions and their Teams calls and things back at home in the you know in the sanctity of their home. So it's it's very, very interchangeable. And I think the places that um, will succeed in the the future are those that understand that and can get to grips with that and also offer to customers the kind of um, functions and capabilities that they need because the biggest thing we're seeing is this return to work now because this idea that people love to have the flexibility, but they also we're reaching a point now where we've got a stabilization in terms of performance so there's a recognition people need to be together again in order to drive business forward and and what that looks like and how they come together what the spaces what these places need to offer whether that be different types of meeting environments collaborative space i think gone are the days of these big open plan you know battery hen <laughs> desk things it's all about collaboration and creativity when people are together um, so it's yeah, no, uh, the, the return to work conversation is a really interesting one at the moment. And it is difficult to gauge what's happening on the ground because there are so many vested interests and so many agendas driving the commentary that I genuinely uh, and there's a lot of uh, contradiction out there. And there's certainly contradiction and um, differences between uh, different cities, different countries. So uh, um, and again, it's it's so agenda laden that it's very difficult to understand what the workforce wants and what the industry will accept. Um, so it, it's interesting. What are you, you know, moving away from kind of all the reports that are that are coming out and all of these kind of heavily agenda things, what is your data from your clients telling you about the return to work conversation? Where are we with that? I think we're in a really interesting time because of the collision that's happening between corporate real estate and what brands need to offer their own talent. And then obviously the real estate ownership sector in terms of the perception of what owners should be offering to the brands. And this collision is, is fascinating because you're seeing firms that, you know, pre-pandemic you would have said would never change, have changed overnight. And I know I'm thinking of the old kind of bastions of legal firms and some of the banking and financial institutions. I think for us, what's really exciting is we're now being asked 
to look at occupier strategy as well. So up until very recently, our focus was on landlord managed areas and it was about getting people, you know, effectively from, from the street outside of a building right up to their seat. So how do they navigate their way through the landlord managed areas, go through speed gates, um, lift destination controls, go through occupier demise doors. Now there's a conversation around how can we help support, make those um, occupier demises even better. And what are that? What is that aggregated solution to actually make those elements perform as well? So, so we get to have a really exciting conversation um, around that whole aspect of it. Um, and yeah, we're seeing that. But I think the you know the winners in this are those are those clients that understand that this is about change and this is about evolution. And so it's those that have the ability to work really closely with their occupiers in terms of what do these what what do what. What role does this space play as part of their own corporate real estate strategy from an occupied agenda? Um, so it is a massive time of change, um, but in times of change are great opportunities as well. So as only as only a founder would see it. Chris, <laughs> tell me, um, just b before we finish up today, what trends are you expecting to see over the next kind of a 18 to 24 months? I, I think we're seeing um, and we will see a more rapid consolidation of the market as this notion of prop tech. And we're already seeing the move. So, you know, the, the British, the merger of the British Property Foundation with the UK Prop Tech Association. Prop tech, um, I am I happily is becoming more and more a central component of real estate strategy rather than it being a, a bolt-on, um, which I think for too long it was seen as that. It's now a right at the, the heart of evolution of the industry and um i we embrace that and we can't wait to do that more because i think it's that i think more aggregation more collaboration you know so much money has been invested into creating very very great little niche solutions that solve a part of the jigsaw um so it's about how do you put the whole jigsaw together and which are the pieces you need to do that for the individual assets so it's a time of big change big consolidation but collaboration is, is is the real key that's going to help us get to where we need to be. Yeah, I, I think that that's a great point to finish on. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. It's interesting to hear the different perspectives. And I think, you know, one of the things that we have seen through uh, the technology that's empowering the, the built environment at the moment is that it breaks down a lot of the geographical barriers. So, you know, previously where we would have had regional differences, we realized that actually when you're you're talking about the human experience and managing that with the technology that's emerging, that actually... Uh, the geographical uh, the geographical boundaries become less relevant. So I think that's a really interesting perspective. And um, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Genuinely appreciate it. That was Chris Coleman-Brown, CEO of Curiosity. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. Before we go, we'd like to give a special word of thanks to our sponsor, PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and for industry leaders. Um, and thank you to PropTech Ireland for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio.